No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. said there was kong dong it was the only way i thought i could get y'all to watch yeah, it you i don't remember you saying that so i, I remember <laughs> i went in the whole time thinking like are they actually gonna do it this time are they you know because <laughs> again remember in, in the last one we learned as like a deleted or a scene that never got filmed or something fuck i forget what her name is what's her name which is really Dwan. Dwan, yeah Dwan. uh yeah, Dwan like remarks on King Kong's uh, the size of his. Oh his yeah, penis. that's yeah. right. It um, was cut. Which again, further confirming my really upsetting thoughts about that movie. And um, as I'm watching this movie, and it is very not the last King Kong movie. It is so divorced from that. Uh, I kept yeah. thinking like, okay, wait, how is a a penis going to fit in here? Like how is <laughs> i'm sorry wait do you mean like physically well i guess it makes more sense with lady Kong. no yes i understand <laughs> i understood how like i guess as a plot device it could fit in but like thematically i didn't really see it fitting the quite the same way it would have been much more out of nowhere the fact that in a version of the script with the last movie where there was just a kong and humans there was a dick mentioned it's pretty sadistic that the movie where he finally has a proper mate, no dick is even mentioned. Like, that's some fucked up shit. Well, These are some fucked up psychopaths writing this shit, is all I gotta say. <laughs> yes. Well, that's all I wanted to talk about, yeah. so yeah. Um, if you want to support the show, make a th- third one, you know? <laughs> I mean, but bringing him back, like, he's been in a coma since 1986. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The Peter Jackson one and the Godzilla verse <laughs> Monsterverse ones aren't a part of this. We're going back. We're nope. Can it just be based on the son or the mom? No, King Kong no, lives again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just King Kong thrives. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters, the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. <laughs> I'm Charlie. And I'm Bardo. So this week we're talking about 1986's King Kong Lives. Next week, god damn it, every time. Next time, get ready, we're talking about, Charlie, do you want to tell us? It's your pick. Extra. And do you want to give us like a quick pitch? It's a fantastic, crazy, my gory, downbeat, a uh, mindfuck of an alien movie from 1982, according to Barto, in which uh, a father gets abducted by aliens and comes back, but he's not quite his father. And, um, and oh, there's, hell yeah. there's clowns and uh, 
There's, um, <laughs> I know we have a big, a large fan base of uh, clown fans. A large segment of our fan base are, are cl- fans of clowns, so we got some, some clowns in there and uh, some gnarly, gnarly, gnarly effects. And there is one scene in this movie which has played through my mind more than any other scene in film history. Like, since I've seen it pretty much on a daily base, I think about this <laughs> scene. Um, so I'm excited to see whether you guys love it or hate it. <laughs> Great. Hell yeah. So check it out next time. That's X-T-R-O, Extro. Uh, but right now, we're talking about what some consider to be the best King Kong film of all time. Uh, King Kong Lives, Charlie, do you want to give us a synopsis for this film? Did you actually think King Kong died back in 1976, <laughs> you buffoon? You fool? You damn ratty doubting fool? Of course he was only in a coma until his heart and blood could be fixed. The institute responsible for, for reviving Kong is luckily contacted by adventurer Mitch, who has just discovered a big-titted Lady Kong that he sells off to the institute, which then uses the Lady Kong's blood, as well as an artificial heart, to revive the OG Kong. Now this Kong is ready to use his new heart to fall in love and his new Lady Kong blood to get all horned up. Wow, this is <laughs> one hot film. Of course, America can't just let these two Kongs be in love, so they send their best to tear them apart with guns and ammo. Adventure Mitch, joined by America's top Kong surgeon, Amy Franklin, are determined to have a say in the matter, though, as they try to try to save the tragic Kong couple. In the end, Lady Kong gets knocked up and has a brat son, while Kong and his general nemesis kill each other off. I hope you're ready to get aroused and watch this rip-roaring adventure with us. It's King Kong Lives, baby! I love that you introduced it like it was a commentary, like we're all about to sit down with the popcorn and just get aroused watching King Kong Lives together. That's how I assume uh, it goes when people put our podcasts on. It's a good assumption. Do y'all have any references or sources before we get into it? No, I didn't read shit. Nah. Cool. I have I have one, but all I read of it was one quote that I'm gonna read later, so I don't need to. I don't need to worry about it. Okay. I'm gonna cite it at the top. You don't think people like have their notes, their like notebooks ready uh, after okay, Charlie's synopsis? Okay, people synopsis? with their notebooks. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I read one paragraph of the Kaiju film, a critical study of cinema's biggest monsters by Jason Barr. So. I was the only one who'd seen this movie. I want I'm dying to know what y'all thought. Um, and I just want to preface by saying that, uh, especially Bartow thought the last film was the most evil film. Uh, 1976's King Kong was the most evil film ever created. So that's like the the. I think it's up there at least. The biggest okay up there. This is like the foundation on which we are we are placing at least some of these thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the last movie was a jolly good fun time with uh, a good positive messaging. I think this is one of the most evil movies to ever exist because <laughs> we don't get to see the Kongs fuck, and that's evil. I know, dude. I just I feel like America wasn't ready. You know what I mean? I mean, is America <laughs> ever ready? I feel like if that's this true. was they made push the like in the seventies, still like. Kongs could have fucked. Oh yeah, but it was the Reagan yeah. '80s would not have been prepared for moral uh, majority. Yeah, moral absolutely. majority. Yeah, 
In the 80s sci-fi, only Lyndall Hamilton fucks no Kongs. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine and how about- angry Tipper Gore would have been? Was that in the 80s or the 90s? I guess. That was the that was the 90s. Yeah, but she was she probably I mean she probably watched this in the 80s and that's probably caused a lot of the problems. Yeah. Anyway, what uh, <laughs> what did you all think of this movie for real? Uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's fine. I thought it was gonna be worse. It's not as bad as Reputation. Um, I think it's better than the last movie. I think partly because it doesn't. The last movie, I think, kind of had this super serious, this is an important movie um, attitude about it, where it thought it was like making film history, while this one just kind of doesn't take itself that seriously, I guess. So it's uh, just a bit more fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I thought this was better by in almost every metric you could look at a movie. Like, it wasn't great by any means yeah the human cast didn't really have anything to do except for like go from place to place and be like oh there's kong over there (laughs) like the main like side plot is just not resolved and nonsense like the the heartbeat like or the the artificial heart machine that they they have but i thought the the everything in front of a green screen looked better um, I thought the costume looked better. I thought Lady Kong looked great. Um, I thought uh, there was, it was, you know, the other, the 1976 one was like, what, like two and a half hours or something like that? Like, it just keeps on fucking going and there's like almost no content. It's just so many establishing yeah. shots. And um, this didn't bother with any of that bullshit. It was just, hell yeah. It just, got got yeah. to it we want to see kong's fuck shit up and and then sometimes act sad and uh you know it's great yeah i i think i agree with basically everything y'all said this movie has such a bad reputation that really helps it but it's like the last movie you're right charlie was trying to be something like so much and this movie was just trying to be for the most part kong fighting shit Mm -hmm. and that's what we wanted to see and that's what we got to see and they did a pretty good job with it there's a it's not good like the characters really suck and we'll get into all of that whatever but at least it's not like the other one it was like they went to an island where nothing happens and then just when he's about to fight everybody he falls in a pit and then they go to new york and it's just worse we don't have to compare it to, we don't get to compare this one to the first, which probably helps it too, but, you know, it just moves, and you're like, you get to see the Kongs be Kongs. Um, I do think that Kong looked worse in this one than in the last one, like, in his face, but I think that they made the choice to, like, actually move more ape-like and not just walk around in this one. That was yeah. nice, and you got to, like, care about Kong as a character. I mean, so much is fixed in this film by him being in love with another fucking Kong instead of it being <laughs> this weird shit with a blonde woman. Like, that fixes so much. And then they almost ruin that with the human choices, but we'll get to yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There were there were almost no highs in that movie, and in this one it's like fuck yeah! Oh, you just smashed a fucking tank! Oh, you just fucking like freak these people out! Whatever. It's It, it has a lot more fun to it. Um, Real quick, I forgot to mention, I did I did have a source, sorry. I listened to Kaiju Transmissions again episode on the first movie and this movie. 
Okay. I might be referencing that. Sorry. Um, just want to say my Skype froze through all of Barto's uh, opinion, so I'm going to assume he said it is his favorite Kong movie. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> yep. The I the the one thing I wanted to say about his face and it like looking worse. Actually, I had the, almost this idea that that was like a choice on their part to because he looked like what did i say i said um he just looks very elderly and tired like when they were particularly when they were like showing him laying uh on the table like just waking up from his coma or whatever like mm. he just looked like an old man ape and i thought that was like an interesting choice it didn't look good so yeah i mean that might be a choice i do know that Charlie gave a really good description last episode about like how they had Rambaldi and Rick Baker and Rambaldi was the famous one and Rick Baker was the new one and they had this rivalry and Rick Baker was doing everything awesome and Rambaldi sucks. It's very funny that in this one, Rick Baker was not on it and they brought Rambaldi back. Yeah. <laughs> and Rick Baker made the cool face shit happen on the other one. So I assume that's why. Oh, that makes sense Probably. to me. But I don't know. And Lady Kong looked sick. I loved the red frizzy hair and shit. Yeah. That was awesome. I, I thought, like, the the fact that she had, like, really pronounced breasts was very funny. Like, from the when you, like, first see her, there's just, like, no doubt. It's like, oh, that's what this movie is going to be. Um, <laughs> even if you didn't know going into it. You know, like, first shot of her. Totally. It's like, oh, they're going to get someone to King Kong to bang. And yeah. fall in love with, presumably. I was going to ask, have either of you seen, there's like a British comedy parody of Kong. Um, Queen Kong? Yeah, Queen Kong. Have either of you seen Queen Kong? No. I haven't, but I hear it's like not even funny bad. It's just yeah, so hard to watch. But it's like, a yeah, a female Kong falls in love with like a, a dude. And yeah, it's all played <laughs> for comedy. So um, I wonder if this movie was inspired by that. I love that concept. Uh, <laughs> I I want to start off asking y'all, like, okay, King Kong dies in 1976. Or not dies, sorry. Of course not dies. Falls mm -hmm. off the World Trade Center, and they need a new heart. And they keep him alive for 10 years while they work on a heart. I don't know how, whatever. They're all very cute acting like little mice with just giant instruments like doing the exact same thing they normally do with giant instruments on kong and i love like the facility looks really cool i love that whole shit but do they ever tell us why so much money like that part alone was seven million dollars and they're tripping on it and they're tripping on paying ten thousand dollars or something for lady kong but they've kept kong alive in this big facility they built for 10 years why we don't even know why right <laughs> no we don't I mean, um, and also, why so does insane. why does nobody care? Like, why are people like <laughs> this, this thing destroyed like all of New York, um, and now you're you're trying to revive it and bring another one <laughs> over? Like, and people are just like, yeah, this rules. Which I mean, I guess I would be doing too, but I don't think that <laughs> the public would be doing that, or the government would just be like, I'll allow it. <laughs> Did I don't know their motivations. I just know that there was a dude waving a Confederate flag. Oh, okay. Not cheering. a dude. Wait. It was a it was a young black child. Yes. <laughs> well, and and right behind what? him, right behind him, was a sign that said "cute" with a K, "cuddly" with a K, "kissable" with a K, 
Kong. What? And I it was, missed that. It was like going <laughs> down. Like it said KKK Kong. It was wow. and with, while this while this little black kid waved a Confederate flag, it was like I was like, "What the fuck is?" This? I I had this moment of like, "Oh no, I was wrong about this movie. This movie is somehow going to be worse." But I just deleted all of my notes because I don't want to talk about anything but this. <laughs> what are we? What? It was so weird. I I don't know. I, mean, I don't understand. And like, yeah, that I was picturing like, you know, you're right, Charlie. Like, why doesn't anybody care in both senses, right? You'd think that some people would be like upset, but that other people would be like, what are you doing to Kong? This is an animal rights like problem. But instead we have this. This is the depiction of the response. And I don't understand. <laughs> so strange. What a choice. Uh, but then there is nothing else. There was nothing else in this movie that like made me think that this was a signal that they were like sending us on purpose in any way. Cause I, at, cause as soon as I saw yeah. these two images together, that was like all I was thinking about the whole movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> what does this mean? Yeah, cause the, there, we can talk, like, there's ties to the, you know, the, one of the things I'm interested in talking about in this movie is whether or not or how they, uh, carried on some of the themes from the last film. And one of the big film themes of the last film was this patriotism. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't really know how to tie it to that specific and of a ridiculous thing. I mean, I feel like the K thing was probably just somebody being stupid. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. uh, but what a weird thing. And yeah, I mean, there's this whole thing with the, the stereotypes of like the Hicks and stuff that, yeah, makes me think. Okay, they're not pro this Confederate flagship, but I don't know. That's a what a puzzle. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> th- there's definitely something about like the the film is definitely in favor of some sort of like rational scientific humanism in, in some way. Yeah. Like, like yes, these the there are parts of the university that are like greedy and they're doing this for the wrong reason but then we have people like linda hamilton who are like who care about the science and that and also like have have like feelings about you know what they're doing uh as opposed to yeah. like the stupid hicks uh and hillbillies yes. or whatever i was saying and then there's mitch who doesn't <laughs> care at all until linda hamilton just says like but come on. And then he's like, you know what? You're right. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about Mitch. Like, Mitch starts the movie being, like, like bidding on where it's going to go just for the money. And, like, getting the money from Kong, even though he did nothing. Like, Native people got Kong. And he's just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, Disneyland's on the line or whatever. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> they're gonna get it like money talks disneyland and he's not listening to amy at all and then suddenly he's willing to like risk his life for lady kong yeah i don't understand what is the point the only turning points i see is uh lady kong seems to like and trust him at one point not that it at that time really seems to have much bearing on him and then uh he's at that party and um amy um uh comes in and like he says, 
something like makes a joke about Kong or whatever. And she's like, this is serious. And he's like, you know what? You're right. And then from there on out, he's just like ready to go to save the Kongs. Like those are the two big things I can think of that would change. Well, I mean, from the moment he like gets off the plane with her and like the reporters bum rush her. She's he's he says That's just true. take it easy. You're dealing with a lady, which is you know uh, a kind of weird misogyny, patronizing, yeah, kinda, yeah. But um, but I mean, it seems from the beginning. I mean, and even when he's like when he first encounters her and he's like yelling at the indigenous people, like, "Oh, you're gonna kill her!" Like, which is strange for like a number of reasons. Like, they must know. <laughs> there you know like this yeah. must not be yeah. the first encounter is the film like does this like uh compassionate white man versus like the caring uncaring rather um indigenous people who I, again i don't know how he just convinces them that he should take her away but and then he has one of them shaving him while he's doing the bidding war which is oh my god very weird <laughs> yeah that's so weird it's yeah it, like i just don't get what the choice was between having him it's it almost feels like the only option is that the script was more complex and they cut out some characters so the same guy who caught him becomes the guy who's then trying to help linda hamilton's character because they it's just a quick like, yeah, the only things I can think of are what you said, Charlie, that, like, yeah, no, maybe he has this thing for Linda Hamilton and he listens to her, or Amy, uh, and, but also maybe he just, like, you know, on the phone, it sounds really good to get this money, but then when he sees the reality of how she'll be treated, it, like, changes him, but it's black and white. His change is yeah. so jarring. Yeah, it's either really bad writing or um, just uh, editing out a lot of the writing. Um Yeah. I don't know, but either way, it's uh, they do not care much about character development. <laughs> no, I, I will say though that despite this this weird, like two scenes with the indigenous uh people in I forget what the name it uh, uh Borneo. Borneo Borneo or something. This is perhaps the least racist King Kong movie <laughs> that exists <laughs> so far. Yeah. Even though it has a um, a a, uh, a black child waving a Confederate flag, right. despite all the things that we've said, <laughs> so that's just saying I a lot. That kid was probably a rogue agent. I think <laughs> these are like all the racist things in the movie. I think we basically hit all of them, and that's it. Yeah, I can't remember racism in King Kong Escapes. It could very much be there. I might forget, but other than that, I agree. Like King Kong's origin story always is hella racist the 2005 one is no exception at all and yeah just having that out and having the native folks kind of just be like people who are for hire is way less problematic than most of the mm-hmm. things but that's a low bar yes very that's low like bar. king kong dong hanging low bar <laughs> i i do think there's a chance the movie was trying to draw a parallel. Like, I don't think this is probably what it was, but Hank Mitchell and Kong have some parallels. Like Lady Kong is seen as kind of being wiser 
uh, Kong is like weird and like offering her a steak and she doesn't want it. And he's like trying really hard at the same time that Hank wants to sleep with Amy and she finally like lets him in. So maybe they're making some look at these dopey men who have to learn from women kind of thing. <laughs> That's the only way I can kind of spin this that it was not like a mistake. Um, right. But it doesn't it doesn't work for me. But it yeah. feels like there might be something there. Well, they're doing they sort of do this thing um, throughout where it's like these w- women won't take no shit. You know, like they, they have that. But only yeah. give or take because like Linda Hamilton's character is so easily swayed by just like a little bit of flattery. And things like that. So, like the um, the the message. But it also feels like it's just her choice. I almost don't even feel like the flattery works. She's like, eh, I guess I want to fuck you. Like it's my call. I'm know. in control here. You know when when he's like standing outside her car and he's like, I don't know if it mat if matters, but I just want to say you did really great surgery <laughs> right. in there. And she's like, it does matter. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. You're right. You know, like, that I wrote down, like, why does it matter to you yeah. what this guy says about your surgery? He yeah. doesn't know anything he, about it. He's just a guy that <laughs> sold you an ape. I mean, also, like, I mean, yeah, you saved this one of a kind giant creature and gave it a, a fake heart. Of course, your surgery is fucking yeah. ruled. Like. Yeah. Like, was anyone <laughs> being totally. like, yeah, that surgery was kind of mid? Like no one was telling her <laughs> yeah, that. Totally. <laughs> totally. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he doesn't know shit about it. No. <laughs> um, I gotta say the the scene where with the sleeping bag is so weird to me because it's like they're out in the, in the cold in the wilderness. They have one sleeping bag, and the implication is that there are two choices that a man and a woman can take. Yes, one <laughs> is that he freezes out there against the rocks, and the other is that they fuck. And not only is the movie saying that, but both of the characters know that. She's like, "Get in the yeah. sleeping bag." And he's like, "Are you sure you're cool with this?" Like immediately being like, "You know, I don't get like we're obviously going all the way if I'm anywhere <laughs> near you in this life or death situation." Yes. <laughs> like, Yes. Uh, it's <laughs> people can share sleeping bags without fucking it's crazy but you can do it yeah yeah, mm. yeah yeah i mean and i would even say that's the easiest way to share a sleeping bag is to do it without fucking <laughs> there's like so many other True. complications and never mind yeah, but, but maybe not maybe not on honeymoon ridge that's true they As were we at, mentioned before this is an 86 they might not buy that um <laughs> that uh ops sexes can share the same sleeping bag true big ass sleeping bag though but yeah what their their whole relationship is so it's both like so mundane and boring but also like yeah. very strange just because it, it's like very poorly written what parts about it besides i mean we've we've mentioned some I mean, but yeah i mean it's like she thinks he's such a jackass and then he's like yeah, uh, you you do surgery good, and she's like, oh, you're right." <laughs> and then, you know, like one of the next scenes. Well, he, I, I, you know, again, okay. So, what do we think his motivations are for going fucking uh, a cab on everybody and 
getting the Kong set free? Is it because he's attracted to Linda Hamilton? Is it because he's attracted to Lady Kong? Is it because of some sort of genuine compassion? Like, what what spurned that? Uh, let's hold on. Record scratch. I don't think it was because he wanted to fuck Lady Kong. <laughs> that didn't cross my mind. <laughs> Until now. No, I... <laughs> I hear you. I couldn't possibly say. My assumption is that he suddenly started, you know, you're dealing with a lady. He had this paternalistic realizing he put her in this situation like uh, the the man must protect the woman kind of thing. And I genuinely felt like he suddenly had a heart about the situation, but I could not tell you why. But I also can't tell if that was just to get in uh, her pants like. Lady I Kong's? don't know. Not Lady Kong's pants. <laughs> Lady Kong does not have pants. pants. Did you not yeah, watch the movie? Get your, your mind out of the gutter. Um, but that, just to say, that is very cool when he jumps out of the jeep to launch it at the soldiers all of a sudden. Like, 72 hours ago or less, he was selling this thing to yeah. whoever was the highest bidder, and now he is an action hero to stop it from being caged. And maybe Linda Hamilton. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying maybe they edit out like the part of his character where like his uh, parents were dying unless he got up the money to buy um, to pay for some <laughs> surgery or something, and that's why he had to sell the ape. Maybe there's some big, you know, understandable moral reason why he was pushed to to sell Lady Kong. He just had to fill That's his rice bowl. That's what I choose to decide. I think that was the line. And he then used. once he got the money, he could pay for that surgery, and now he can go a cab and try to save the Kongs. <laughs> he had to go fund me for his father, who had also been waiting ten years for a heart, and this is the <laughs> only way that mm-hmm. they could do it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I was a. Sp- Oh, go, go, go. No, no, please. I was going to say long-term resentment for just this university keeping this great beast alive while while his father <laughs> withers away without a heart. <laughs> exactly. They're prioritizing apes as they always do. Um, I guess we're apes, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, I Yeah, the, the part about Linda Hamilton not only being swayed, I can't not call her her full name because she's just awesome and from Terminator. But anyway, uh, not just is she swayed by a guy who has no knowledge of this at all and is just a doofus, but like she doesn't even seem to register that this was like her mortal enemy a second ago. Yeah. Like she mm-hmm. just needed to get this blood for this project that is like her life and that she cares about so much for reasons we have no idea why or who is doing this or whatever, but that's her only motivation in the movie and he's her only obstacle. And then she's just like, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) so very weird. Who even is this guy, by the way? Like what is, what is he doing before he finds he's like, Like, I, I, I would, the only, my first note about him was uh where is where is it? My first note about him was real jungle man, not afraid of big snakes, <laughs> sleeps on the brush like fucking Baloo the bear. Like <laughs> I don't know what yes. he is. <laughs> He's like what was the okay, there was some episode way back where we talked about like uh I always like if I see a, a 
tall, straight white man come onto the plane. I give him my seat, like, they're a veteran or something. We had a running joke. I don't remember. Yeah. But it feels like that, where, like, he was just in the jungle, like, broke, and he saw some native folks there, like, taking him down, and just, like, tripped and fell into the situation, started giving orders, and then suddenly he's demanding price of money. Like, it just felt like the epitome of that joke. Well, he's blonde and American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know what he could possibly be, except he just looks like a a vagabond just on uh, an island in like the near Indonesia somewhere. I think is what we yeah. Where it ended I up mean, in. It seems like a cool thing to be. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look into it. Je- we're all just jealous. Yeah, become yeah. a ten thousand heir in the process. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a funny price compared to how much everything else must cost. The funny thing is, the, the heart they said was seven million, and based on the budget of this movie in the last, I bet you that's about how much that heart costs. The movie, <laughs> like they, they were just burning money. Oh no, this movie this shit. had a. Uh, I don't remember where I saw this. I think a Letterbox review. So that's my source. Letterbox reviews. Uh, I think this movie cost was just 10 million dollars i i remember it being 11 but at the time that was big because the last one was like 24 million and it was like the biggest most expensive movie of all time that's true it just that like it had half the budget is is what mm-hmm. i yeah you know. oh definitely at half for sure for sure partially because there weren't two different people getting equal amounts of money to make competing comps <laughs> 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 But yeah, also, like, we haven't even mentioned, like, not only does Amy not care that he was her enemy and that he's a doofus, he just continually is a dick to her in ways that she doesn't seem to notice. Like, what's that thing, your makeup kit? (laughs) No, it's this vital piece of technology, the only way we can track the thing we're tracking. And she just goes, like, she, like, brushes it off like it's nothing. Like, yeah, she, like, like, throws it back at him, but, like but not in like a mean way just like like yeah. i can play along too i'm a fun gal when totally. like just 10 minutes earlier she had been driving down the side of the road screaming at him through her her car window <laughs> which i i don't know if you guys noticed this she's like screaming at him through her car window and then cuts him off and then he goes up and knocks on that very same window that was open and she had to go roll it down <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> I did not notice that either. Going to go to the IMDb page right now and throw that on there as a little, a little blooper. The idea of the like, nice, of the rationality thing that she was supposed to like epitomize. You know, she's like the scientist. She's the rational one. Is the the apex of that to me is when she, he says, "You sure about this?" And she says, "We're primates too." It's just like this <laughs> perfect lustless sexless reason to fuck that i don't know it's like it's it ruins the moment and is so great at the same time (laughs) (laughs) it's just so weird to be like well they're fucking we're fucking but did they fuck but did they fuck? i took it as they did but i don't know i mean we we saw her her tit in the morning didn't we no i assume that uh the humans fucked. I'm okay. I'm not sure I mean, that the Kongs fucked. Okay, so I'm gonna, Kong. I'm gonna oh, baby I'm gonna, Kong. 
I'm gonna, I love this. I love this. I'm going to drop my that, one. Wait, do you think that Mitch is the father? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's why he's so, the monkey is so little, the little baby. It's too small. Yeah, um, that makes sense. That's how he knew it was a son. He could feel it for that fatherly <laughs> instinct. Okay, but here's what I am going to say. Here's what I am going to say is that the film starts with a resurrection scene. Okay, think just keep that in mind. And it ends with a birth in a manger. Now, <laughs> in the middle, Kong gives kind of a sermon on a mount. I mean, it's mostly there's there's tanks being thrown around and stuff like that. There is a sermon on the mount, and it kind of feels like well, one of two things to me. Well, they're doing they're doing the New Testament but in reverse, which is an interesting move. Or stick with me. The Last Temptation of Christ, the, Wait, the novel. No, that's not possible. The novel. Oh, the, the novel. Okay, okay. The book. I'm with you. The, the, the end of that book, Christ is on the cross. Kong is on the Twin Towers. And Christ is basically given a vision of like what his life would be like if he just decided to be a normal man. He lives that whole life uh, with Mary Magdalene. He has kids. He has joys and suffers and sorrow uh, and sin, just like anyone else. And I kind of imagined that this was Kong's vision from the top of the Twin Towers, where he found love and he didn't have to die for all of our sins. And this was the first movie version of The Last Temptation of Christ. This so this film uh, is the vision. This film is the vision from his fall atop the great tower. Hell yeah! Um, and, maybe and, if, uh, and the birth is you know potentially immaculate. Yeah, that threw me off. I thought you were saying she had fucked a different Kong right before they captured her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible. If, uh, I mean, if. He just randomly walks in a Lady Kong. There's probably bunches of Kongs there. It could be very possible. Oh, yeah, she Borneo's, Kong. <laughs> Borneo's lousy Kong. with Kongs. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, but, okay. But, what, but I guess my, um, what does this mean? My, yeah, oh. the, the reason I think this is because they set us up for the heartbeat monitor to be like going like crazy as Kong is having sex. As soon as she pull, pulled that out, I'm like, oh, we're going to ha watch Kong have sex vis-a-vis -vis <laughs> this heartbeat monitor. And you know what happened? He didn't have sex because we didn't hear it go beep, 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 <laughs> as he gets excited. I think that's um, uh, shoddy filmmaking more than a, <laughs> more than a Christ parable. <laughs> That you that you were watching it like oh shit his heartbeat's gonna go but he fucks these people were just making a shitty cog movie they don't even think about that and you're like oh god he's the son of Christ he's the son of God you know, so maybe good. if Dino had gotten David Lynch to direct this instead of a uh, Dune um oh, could you, you imagine might... 
I might have something to believe. I would love to watch a David Lynch kaiju movie so much, and this one would be perfect. Oh my god! This would have been a perfect one for him. Dino, why did you choose this fucking what's this guy's name? Gearman? Gillerman? The son of Kong would be hideous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so disgusting! It'd be wetter. Definitely. It was wasn't it wet when it came out, and then it was dry as fuck. Mm-hmm. So weird. Yeah. Very Jesusy. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> I love that theory, Barta. That's beautiful. Thanks. My my wife does not. She she thinks it's very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and a podcast where uh, we really reach. Uh, a lot <laughs> i think you've um topped us off here <laughs> thanks <laughs> just doing my job so uh we want to keep talking about like the jesus parable right yes yeah, cool. exactly no and I, that's I all i got the manger the manger line is perfect because that is a very strange structure thing like yeah. just pushing her down into it was very you're right that's some weird shit. That's yeah. some Jesus you shit right there. I mean, like all I could think is that the 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 choice of um putting it in the countryside was just because they had so much less money that they're like, well, yeah. we'll do barns and like little resort towns instead of buildings, you know, and cities and yeah. stuff like that. Like the late show uh right. Godzilla. Right, right. Yeah. And then the movie ends with uh Baby Kong trying to get his parents' attention. Is that what Jesus did a lot of the time? Try to get parents' attention. <laughs> yeah, doing little magic tricks and stuff. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That was sad though. Like it was like kind of billed as a uh it felt like it was a happy ending, but like his dad is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Or in another coma. <laughs> or in a coma. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> True. God, that ending is a lot. Like, I'm trying to decide if I should bite off this whole thing right now or not. But, like, I felt like him dying is more tragic of an ending than any other Kong movie I've seen. Like, it felt the most tragic. Because not only was Kong dying, but, like, he had a son and a wife now. Like, didn't that feel heavier? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then they're trying to turn it into this other thing. So, I kind of want to talk about themes from the first one as they carry over if that works for you guys yeah but i just want to point out he gotta he gotta make love he gotta travel across america he made some friends and uh mitch and uh amy and he gotta see his son before dying i don't know i it's not as tragic as uh as the original king kong in my opinion he gotta live. He gotta live life. More tragic. The higher high, the lower low. You know, he lives. King Kong lives. You know, he doesn't yeah. just survive. He lives. <laughs> Maybe for the first time ever. <laughs> Can I real real uh, quick before you get to your point? Please. When uh, I had this moment and I googled it, I said, "Gorillas infanticide." And I thought, wouldn't it be weird if King Kong just ate the baby? And uh, I'm glad he didn't. But it, it occurred to me that that, that could happen. 
And then Mitch, who's been following all of King Kong's cues, is just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? <laughs> no, Mitch would be like, you just ate my son! <laughs> so, I, okay, the last movie had some very strong morals or whatever themes and i just want to kind of see how they work here so one of them was where to start like one of them was this big patriotism thing you know there was like like a a, a, like satire of patriotism like a you know they they bring america or they bring america or they bring king kong over and it's like he's in this like arena that has american flags everywhere and there's like streamers and stuff going off and it's kind of making fun of that and there was just a little bit of stuff in this that was, like, felt kind of like carrying it on. Like, one weird thing was that the big claw thing in the doctor's area had an American yes. flag on it. Made in USA, baby. Why? And it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, not knowing what the point of the surgery or... Like, why are they keeping him alive? It's really hard to know why they put an American flag on that. Sure. But also, I mean, there's just the obvious military shit. Like, this movie seems way more anti-military than the other ones did. Yeah. You know, I I was reminded of um, Doctor Strangelove, actually, in in that we have have Colonel Nevitt, who is... I forgot the guy's name in Strangelove, and I should have looked this up before embarking on this journey, but... Um, you know, like the Secretary You're of Defense. About George, we have George C. Scott's. What's his? What's that? Sorry, George C. Scott's. George C. Scott's character. Uh, maybe. Uh, probably the general in the Situation Room. The the no the, like loudmouth. No, no, or, no, no. Are you talking no, about no, the no. general? The guy, the general the, who goes rogue. The semen retention guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm reminded of him. Uh, in Colonel Nevitt, where like the Secretary of Defense is like, you have to let them see the ape. Come on, like stop being a dick. <laughs> and and Colonel Nevitt is just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this is my operation. I don't know if it's like saying any. I'm not sure what it's saying about the military. Really, it feels anti-military, or at least mocking them in a way similar to the last movie, mocking oil industry. Like, right. not a lot of substance to it, but like critiquing them a little sure. or satirizing them. I mean, it's the same um, director, so you'd think that it would uh, have like sort of the same beliefs. Yeah. And it does feel like that. They just feel, I don't know. I just, this movie feels so just weird and action y that I felt like I could understand it more when like thinking about the first one i was like oh they're making fun of patriotism oh they're okay it kind of makes sense that they're making fun of the army here um i want to read this one thing that gave me context because i'm dumb about history from the kaiju film by jason barr um he says kong escapes from his cage and in his effort to reunite with his family is shot repeatedly by the somewhat mentally imbalanced lieutenant colonel nevitt and his platoon of soldiers kong's injuries are grievous and again the viewer's sympathies are expected to lie with kong really he's just a family ape at heart and his killing of nevitt may be one of the few interesting moments of the film of course as kong dies a prolonged scene shows the sorrow of the female kong and his son further pushing the viewer into the direction of sympathy towards Kong, and more importantly, against the military's efforts. 
It's important to note that in 1986, the Cold War was still in full effect, but the United States was enjoying, if that would be the appropriate word, a reputation for somewhat drastic military actions. The United States' controversial invasion of Grenada in 1983, which the United Nations roundly condemned, as well as the 1986 U.S. bombings of Libya, occurred in response to a terror attack that killed two U.S. servicemen. The American attack killed 40 Libyans, and this action, too, was condemned by the United Nations. The frequent and over-the-top use of the American military in the 1980s is typified by Nevit, unbalanced, overwhelming, and perhaps unnecessary. Thus, this iteration of Kong II carries on the tradition of depicting the American military as flawed, replaced in the national esteem by the very first Kaiju on film. That kind of ring true to me? I, I don't know. What do y'all think? No, that definitely does ring true. Although, it is also kind of weird thinking about it in, like, overall terms of the last time these giant ape, this giant ape went free, it destroyed half of New York City. So, like, you would think that it wouldn't just be this general. It would be, like, the whole fucking... <laughs> I don't know. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, kind of actually You're seems right. like a logical reaction of the government, I guess. Um, <laughs> as horrible as it is in many ways. I... But, like... <laughs> yeah, it's not Kong's fault he's there, but he is there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I get, I understand, I guess, why politically someone in the government might be like, well, if this guy is not dead now, it might look bad that we killed the, the only 40-foot tall ape. Or however sure. he is. You know, like, I know I would be, like, rooting for for Kong in this situation. It's also interesting in a film where we saw that all it took was a like dozen people with blow darts to take yeah. him down. <laughs> <laughs> that they can't get the best of both. They can't like protect Kong and stop him, you know? <laughs> Which does feel like, if they're thinking at all while making this movie, a knock on the over the the ridiculous actions of the US government that are ineffective compared to 12 people with blow darts. Yeah. <laughs> Which I hadn't thought of till now, but it's very funny. No, that is very yes. funny. Um, the other, like, America thing that feels like it's happening, and I don't have any words to use them, to use for them that's not a stereotype, but is, like, the Hicks. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I prefer Hillbilly, but, yeah. <laughs> the Hillbillies. Thank you. Feels um, less mean. I was just playing an RPG called Tales from the Loop, and one of the classes you can choose is the Hick, so that's stuck in my head right now. Um, I don't really know what to say. Are those weapons loaded? You betcha, so are we, and I want that thing's head mounted on the front of my pickup. Feel like obvious digs at American culture that, in some way. That fucking yeah. scene was straight out of Jaws. It was like the same thing, mm -hmm. like them going away on their boats and everything. Like It was so weird. Which, do you, oh. I don't know if you know, but the reason that the first movie got greenlit is because everyone was trying to do another Jaws and make uh, the amount of yeah. money Jaws did. Oh, so yeah. And that's Dino. why the first one. Yeah. Oh, so the, was... the producer behind this, Dino De Laurentiis, was obsessed with, like, the first one. He was like, uh, we're going to out this, going to make more money than Jaws. It's going to be bigger than Jaws. I mean, um, as far as I could tell with him, he is just like the king of learning the law wrong lesson of what made a movie good yeah um like totally. he, he produced um uh flash gordon you know to because he was yes. like we're gonna get we're gonna do another star wars 
Um, <laughs> yeah, just he also produced David Lynch's Dune. Yeah, which we yeah. covered. <laughs> um, just trying to constantly making lightning strike uh, a second time mm-hmm. and uh, failing at that. The, the, to me, the hillbillies just felt like we want there to be more fodder for Kong. And this is an easy group of people that we can make fun of and not, not have you feel bad for them when he eats them and picks their yeah. hat out of his teeth, which is kind of problematic. Also cheaper than uh, having Kong in a city. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Good call. Very good. You're right. Um, yeah. Y'all, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think that's the main motivating factor. And then we get things like, I, I don't know, like the them pinning Kong and then just like torturing him is yeah. behavior that I can't really see any other group of, you know, again, this is like, except for like serial killers. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, not just, not just torturing him, but to the extent where one of them's like, Hey man, Hey guys, maybe we, maybe it's fucked up to torture him. We really shouldn't fucking do that. And they're like, yeah, well, maybe we'll fucking kill you so that we can torture the ape. Like, that's yeah. how yeah. hellbent they were on torturing Kong. Yeah, who, as far as I could tell, didn't do anything to them. Like, even that that little, um, like, can we, maybe this is a diversion and we shouldn't go there, but that oh, no, scene all, where he, like, wanders into the resort town and, like, looks through the window at those people <laughs> having sex or about to have sex. Uh, witnessing uh-huh. sin, uh, we. <laughs> uh, they might have been married. No, definitely not. They definitely weren't married. <laughs> Don't stop now. I like your sweet talking. Yeah, That's the line. Um, uh, he didn't do anything there. It was like this really weird scene where it felt like they were trying to tell me something when I was watching this because, like, everyone, like, the level of response to it felt like completely dude it's Kong. Sure. i mean it's a giant <laughs> there's a 50 just... foot ape walking through their no, little I, town I, I, guess, <laughs> I guess i get that you're gonna react i guess i get but like a guy was walking around firing a gun into just kind of into the air you know cars were crashing like everyone was just like and yeah he was just kind of like standing there and i wasn't sure it felt like they were trying to say something maybe about uh, the the paranoid culture of America, or like the uh, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to to not think about the original Kong and the time it came out, and I don't think this was intentional. But the the idea of like you know black men stealing our white women being a big fear, and then suddenly you're in hillbilly towns and the dude that stood for that in some part of our subconscious as america in the original movie wanders in and suddenly everybody's shooting off guns and wanting to torture him it's weird that it also i don't hmm. think any of that's on purpose but it is weird well, that crossed um, my but mind i also too, think dude. there's an hollywood a, liberals. i also think there's a thing of like what'd you say charlie say hollywood liberals they do look down on uh uh small town yeah. folk the, yeah, uh, and Richmond and North Richmond or something like that. It's like a weird mixture of that, like racial tension with hunting culture, 
with the fact that it is a 50 foot ape and right. so it's just like insanity right it it is weird because again as far as i could tell like they really did their darndest to divorce kong from the idea of race throughout the yeah. rest of this movie yes except you're right except for like when he wanders into this town and everyone's like, Oh my God, you know, and it's basically just him standing there, which I, again, I get on its face is threatening in the same way that like, if you saw a tornado out in that field, even if it's not at yeah. your house, you're still going to be kind of freaking out. Cause that's a fucking tornado. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I think this movie is just an action movie and it's all over the place, but it does have some, things going on like and maybe it's just easy targets they're generally kind of lefty they went after oil companies now they're going after the military in but in not in any or uh, you know hillbillies but not in any substantive substantive way it's just like oh we need fodder for kong who would it feel good for kong to fight is kind of how it feels to me right 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 but i i do want to talk i think the one that's more interesting is the environmentalism of the first film like them being anti-oil companies it it also felt very surface level very two-dimensional but something else happens in this movie like we have kong escapes and then we have uh amy and mitchell watching him and watching lady kong which is such a funny name lady kong uh and mitchell says they could survive here all it'd take is money for a reserve and then the ending as you mentioned barto is supposed to be hopeful but it's sad like he died but they're in this reserve they did it and that just feels really fucking raw like it feels like they were trying to give a positive, like, oh, we were against oil companies, but we're pro-reserves. Right. And it's like, they're just forgetting everything about Kong. Like, the original Kong is a criticism of taking nature out of its element and confining it and exploiting it. And then this is like, oh, we can have capitalism next to a reserve. In fact, capitalism will get us the reserve. Right, 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 right. And Kong doesn't need to be free. He just needs to be watched over by us, and it's fucking gross. Yep. Yeah, why can't they just take him back to, to Borneo or Skull Island? Well, I think they were on in Borneo. That was He went to Borneo to like negotiate a deal with the Borneo. Oh, you're right, you're right. And uh, and so yeah, I think they brought him back to back the back to Borneo. Um, but yes, but like, I I agree with your the 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 premise here is like nature as something that like is versus something that is to be managed. Yes, and the idea that like a thing like Kong could coexist with us if if we have enough capital. But we already saw, like, first of all, who owns Kong? Who decides where it goes? Do you really think the forces within our capitalist system that would put forth money for a preserve have more capital than all of the people on the phone that were trying to get Lady Kong? Or than, like, whoever it was that would keep Kong alive for 10 years (laughs) and pay $7 million just for the heart? Like, 
it's just such an empty it's such like a flaccid for uh sorry for the kong dick joke but like uh result of the you know we have the criticism of the first movie and then like the positivity of this movie is like worse it's like it fucking sucks like oh cool they live in a fucking little pen now you know yeah i wonder what like a kong's natural uh territory is they're pretty fucking big pretty big yeah i'm wondering so i guess the premise is that borneo used to be connected to skull island and that's why the kong's there so are there other like like giant creatures in borneo good question should explore that it's a great question uh in King Kong lives, what did we just say? Deliciously? That's not it. Uh, King Kong thrives. King Kong thrives. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, okay, sorry. I'm thinking a little bit a bit about Deleuze and Guattari here, but I think it's interesting to think of each of the entities in this movie and how they respond to Kong. And if you think of the entities kind of as like these assemblages or machines like we have the entity of like the military and it's just like that doesn't work for us we can't handle this shoot it kill it get rid of it and it can't do anything with kong other than get rid of it right and then you have like the entity of environmentalism but like reformist environmentalism and it's like okay we can cordon it off we can save this little spot. We'll exploit the rest of the planet, but we'll let this little spot be there and they can't do much with it. And I think this is a, it helps me like see the, the, some of the like power of capital to think of like the entity of capitalism and how fluid its approach to Kong is like, they can use it. They can uh, uh, capture it for all these different things, like different entities within capital can exploit it and increase their capital, increase their power with it, where all these other entities kind of come to a stop with Kong. Right, 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 right. right. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it definitely does. Like, like the the assemblages, the assemblage of like, uh, like university or higher education or whatever, like, is also just gets stuck. It doesn't. It doesn't like. It doesn't have. You know, it has like a plan for kong which is confusing i guess study and keep in like a hangar or something like that you know we don't know yeah <laughs> but, but yeah it, it also is just like because it it is like assumes um the ability to like control kong or whatever and it makes all these assumptions about what will happen once it once he wakes up it's like no no longer it's uh it's not viable for them anymore once he's once he's actually going moving around uh like immediately speaking of which there were for like sure. two instances in this movie you know that that joke in the simpsons where um i forget where the entire town is but they're like at a town hall meeting or something like that and so like snake and all the other criminals are just like breaking into everybody's houses Ooh, it looks like everyone in Springfield showed up for this. <laughs> Could this town be any stupider? That happened twice in this movie. We're just like everyone was someone else. Everyone was somewhere else, so Kongs were able to escape from where they were. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> 
Anyways. That's great. I love that. Um, one more question. I don't have much more on this. I don't know about y'all, but one question I do have is we've kind of touched on it, but like the fact that there's a Lady Kong who we find out was far away from Kong in this film. And then when he finds this Lady Kong, he's not stealing any women. <laughs> he's just chilling with this Lady Kong. Does that change at all our view of Kong in the first one? Like, it's very, it's a weird thing, right? The first one is a romance between him and a human when he's alone on an island. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they made it with someone and he's like, oh, I'm good with this. I'm not. It, it's just weird to me. Like, I don't know what they're trying to say. I have no agenda here. It's just kind of interesting that they did this. They just replaced the human with a Kong. You know what I mean? Yeah. It also, it seemed like they were trying to mirror that past relationship, but they didn't go all the way with it in the way that we don't see the male Kong interested in a woman at all, but we do see the female Kong kind of interested in Mitch, where we see from the beginning that she has a connection to Mitch, and then later she, like, grabs Mitch and, like escapes with him it feels like they're kind of trying to mirror that but then they didn't go all the way with it which was smart of them (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) one of the few smart decisions that they've made across this this series here (laughs) but um yeah i don't think it i mean you know to go back to the kong is is ultimately like a love and romance machine um and that's what he's that's what he's built to do you know like he just uh and it's not always uh consensual on his part um and you know given the benefit of the doubt part of that is because he's an ape but um it does like it that is what his priority is above all else in in this in these two movies is just like Yes. hanging out with a woman and mm-hmm. i just realized from you saying that and from charlie what you said that the parallel of like in the first movie it's very problematic that he is stealing women it is a whole horrible thing and but he's also you know by the end Duan doesn't want him to put her down uh because she's protective of him and then in this movie Lady Kong has a thing for Mitch, and then suddenly Mitch is like, whoa, we gotta protect Kong. We gotta protect (laughs) Lady Kong. That's very interesting and weird, and I don't know what any of it means. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't know either, but... The one one thing about Kong and romance that I kept thinking about was how... um, and, And this puts like a little wrench in our comparison between the two movies is that Kong in the last movie in every other movie is single minded in his decision to get stay with Duan. Yeah. Kong in this one, he bonks his head in the river after his sermon on the Mount um, and is (laughs) carried away downstream, presumably to Florida. I guess. I mean, he was in Georgia. It, he's eating a lot of gators. Maybe they got gators in Florida I don't, or in Georgia. I don't know what's going on down there. They do. Okay, that's good. He's hanging out in the swamps for months, listening to the cries of Lady Kong. 
just yeah. ch- chowing down on gators before he finds the courage to go after her. Like it is, it is. You need to heal. I, I guess. I mean, there. It felt like there. This again. I mean, it, I know it's cheap to like chalk it up to shitty writing, but it 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 again feels like they were just like, oh shit, if a baby Kong is gonna be here, we need eight and a half months. So oh uh, yeah, it's you're been right. eight and a half months, I, and I, like. I think the swamps are too dangerous to walk through because there are so many uh, gators. So he had to spend those eight months eating through the gators <laughs> so that it was safe enough to walk through. Valid. Picking up baby gators who suddenly turned into full-grown gators in his hand and eating them. Yeah. But also, because the other weird time thing is that Mitch comes back and Amy's like, Lady Kong's been underground for months in pain and Mitch comes back and he's like, where's Lady Kong? Like, and, and Amy explains that to him. And they have not had a single phone call in months to explain that the whole Kong he's worried about has been underground and in pain and is maybe pregnant. Like, it makes no sense. It's very expensive yeah. to to do, like, international calling in the 80s. Like, self, like there was not, it was a different time, man. You don't know. You're right. Okay. A- You're right. And it was expensive to call from the swamp and they need every so, cent that they can yeah. get to buy this reserve okay okay i'm sorry you're right no but you're right um, yeah they should have talked about this i agree both the partners just seem to neglect each other for months in inexplicable ways after such impassioned meetings and it feels like both of that is because the movie was just like ah oh, shit we need enough time <laughs> yeah for a baby no i agree um yeah i will point out that the director the only movie he made after this was a made-for-TV HBO movie, and then uh, his career, I guess, was over. Mm. So, I think uh, so a sad, a sad thing. Apparently, between the two movies, his son died, and everyone oh. said he was just gone during oh, the filming. Like he bummer. was just totally a different person. He would just walk off set, or like people wouldn't know where he was. So, I think he just had a rough go. Maybe that's a total bummer. I. Apologize for my previous comment. Um, I'm just gonna go through a, a a couple of my little notes that I got. Just I just have a couple that that uh, I kept thinking about when I was when, during the surgery scene when they had like the really big uh, tools for for his very big organs. First of all, I thought it was cowardly that they didn't show us more of his giant organs. I was relieved when they showed us his giant still beating heart. That was very very cool. I but I wanted to see more. The squishing sounds though were awesome. Awesome sounds. Great. Um uh but I kept thinking about when we were doing food not bomb stuff really regularly and we were just I we had like big versions of so many kinds of cooking utensils to like make the big soups with and and the big yeah. salads with and serve them and I just as soon as they brought up their tray of giant like they all there's so many pairs of giant tongs and I kept thinking like eh, this kind of what yes. my kitchen looked like uh less blood oh yeah um uh for for my partner's birthday our our friend gave them a cast iron that's the size of like captain america's shield practically and we were like what the fuck are we gonna do with this we can't even hang it on the fucking like we can't i mean sorry we can't even put it on the counter it's bigger than the counter so we hang it on the wall and then we started making burritos and we use it every week 
uh, oh, yeah. making a ton of burritos. And it, yeah, sometimes you need the giant shit. That is a funny comparison. Here's something that is actually a little more, maybe maybe there's something to latch on and discuss about here. But how often they were like psychologizing Kong and Lady Kong and just like, you know, like, as soon as as soon as he woke up, they're just like that horny son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, like wait, how do you know? <laughs> Mitch was projecting. Yes, Mitch was projecting. That wasn't even Mitch. That was that other. It was another scientist. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. And then there, and then like when uh, Linda Hamilton visits Lady Kong in her silo prison, she's like. She knows Kong's alive. I know Kong's alive, which was like <laughs> yeah. su- super fucking strange. They they just kept making yeah. all these like it was just very weird to me that like everyone that, just kind that, of was like, yeah, I know exactly what this <laughs> this giant primate is thinking about. Her her I know Kong's alive comment was especially weird because it was like kind of trying to convince the general because the because at first she's like she knows Kong's alive and the general's like that's stupid and then she's like I know Kong's alive <laughs> and it's like yeah you don't know shit I mean, <laughs> it feels hard to separate that from the parallels of like we're primates too and like trying to humanize Kong and primatize us to the point where it's like you know like we should care about you know the the tragic death of the kaiju we should care about these things they're like us we feel connections to them like we would our own children and right. i don't know that's the vibe and, i get and and the the flip side of that being like the scene where um they're trying to move lady kong out of the warehouse and before they net her they do everything possible to make her like really really ag- agitated like mm-hmm. it, totally. as if none of them had ever been near a live animal before and and just or anything really and is that trying to show the difference between scientists and the military you know like which does seem this this it was other scientists doing it though it was like the head of her department who was like we gotta move her now you know like oh shit yeah. okay okay and they also Fair. want to like completely put her to sleep but then she was like no <laughs> she um, wouldn't eat, eat the pile of bananas or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah that's some weird shit you think director was trying to say something by showing both the females characters breasts uh <laughs> same thing you know Parallel. that felt like a breast we weren't supposed to see i like in the sense it, that it was like, like a split second it, it did it did feel like that was like, a mistake. Like she it was didn't like know she was going to be in this movie, and they just ex- exactly it. It almost felt more exploitative. Like yes. Oh, don't worry, you're just getting up quick. Like she wouldn't know, right? Yeah. Uh, and speaking of, whereas Lady Kong oh, knew, yes, Lady Kong knew yes. what was happening. Uh, speaking of, I did think as soon as I I wrote 
the hero actually consummates the act in this movie. We are working on a completely different plane from the last movie, and it brought me such You're ease right. that he got laid, <laughs> which was weird. Because of the whole cuck thing in the last one. Uh Yes. Okay, but also he's not after the white woman in this one, so it's a whole yeah, it is it, a whole yeah, different, yes. different plan. We just get to throw that shit out. Yes. Until and he walks up to the guy hitting on the girl in the house and everybody runs yes. and then it gets all complicated yes, again. Yeah, yeah. But complicated. did did he consummate the relationship? True. Yeah. Maybe God did. Maybe. Yeah. There's King Kong and then there's God Kong. Yes. And then there's the King of King Kongs. There you go. Um, and, uh, the, the last little, I mean, I have a whole bunch of silly Billy notes, but the, the, the last one I really just wanted to point out that we haven't talked about was the cool, brutal deaths of people in this movie. Like, yes, that was pretty fucking rad. He was just, he ripped a dude in half. He, uh, that was awesome. he ate someone. It looked pretty bad, but, yeah. um, he ate people something. are just like gators. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the we don't see that a ton because like Godzilla. One of the rules for Godzilla is he can't eat people. That's one of the Toho rules if you're using Godzilla. Um, and Kong, you know, he's brutal in some of the movies, but they're also trying to show him as sympathetic. And that's one of the interesting things is that you're starting off with like this is the sympathetic kong kong is the victim it's very confusing because he's also a fucking woman kidnapper but the films generally are painting him as like this tragic figure stolen like he is only creating the violence of destroying new york city because he shouldn't even be there and this is he is a figure for how we shouldn't exploit nature and that figure that hero is just rawly wrecking fucking human beings left and right and it's Pretty fucking rad. Yeah. Pretty yeah. rad. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, those guys were fucking assholes. And I <laughs> yes. I don't remember how he got Nevit. I did write, I'm going out like Nevit on my notes, but I, <laughs> I don't really He either did. like stomped him or smashed him into the ground. Oh, like something really. In a graveyard. Into a grave. Yeah. Very economical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like the the yeah, he just pounded him down. I think. Stuff he, in this. Oh yeah, I think he just hammered him down into the yes. Game. I think you're right. The the fighting the military stuff in this, the raw fucking battle shit, is so great. Like it's it's what is missing from a ton of Kong movies, where it's like we want to see this dude defend himself and get revenge, and mm-hmm. they like. It was so weak in the last one with like the helicopters. Mm-hmm. It was like barely anything, and this is just night and day. It's yeah. so good. And it raises this movie way higher than it would be otherwise. And, and you, it, he's because of his size, you get like so much more of like a tactile thing going on than like Godzilla. Like he could really, King Kong could like yeah. handle a tank, and it's yeah, it, it was pretty. It was exciting. It was like it was cool to watch, and I know they had a lot less money for this one, but they they used it well, and it were there. There was cool shit in this movie. I was, I was like glad to see. Yeah, I can vibe with. The, I can like be have a buzz and vibe and nod my head to this film. Unlike the last one, where I like feel like it's sucking all the air out of me. Oh wait, that was the very last thing I I thought is that 
something Do as many I, as you want. And, and I don't this also felt even when I was writing it down felt a little little half baked but I thought that there was maybe something in the way that we're trying to capture Kong that like felt uh, almost like they were sneaking an environmental message in maybe 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 but I we have something that like reeks of it looked like like crop dusting or like pesticides you know as they were dropping the the gas or whatever yeah on the kongs mm-hmm. and then they had flamethrowers you know in the middle of the forest they're, they're using these flamethrowers and then the the hillbillies used what looked like like a mountaintop removal to like bury kong mm-hmm. um, the avalanche and uh you know, I don't know if that was like intentional, but it just like rang this little bell in my head that was like, it feels like they're doing this on purpose. I don't read the environmental stuff as much. I see where you're going with it, but that didn't. But uh, to me, the flamethrowers and like the idea of some kind of mustard gas or Agent Orange kind of thing felt re- really reminiscent of like very controversial weapons of war. That actually makes um, a lot more sense. I'm going to go with that one. But I, I, I do have to note that like they're like spraying a gas that's supposed to be so strong it takes down kong and they're like everybody wear your masks and then in the middle of it they just take their masks off and like make announcements Mm -hmm. and they would have been so fucked yeah very weird but they are tall white american males they are i am and they stay strong because people keep giving them seats on their airplanes (laughs) there you go that's the that's the secret you don't need your son's blood. You just need someone else's seat on the airplane. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Charlie, what do you think of this Son of Kong compared to Coco, the Son of Kong in Son of Kong? Um, this is uh, Manila to Son of Kong's, um, I don't know, that, that like nephew Zilla in that cartoon or something. Isn't there a the, nephew Zilla? The baby Godzilla and Heisei, I would say. I forget its name, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, better. that's right. There's a baby. Yeah. Um, Son of Kong, he brings the laughs. He brings... He brings fighting. This Son of Kong is just kind of a gross little muffet. And the um, other one's all white, which is so cute. Like a just... Yeah. Yeah. Bleached. Why do we... Yeah. I liked, like you said earlier, the Mom Kong is a different color. That's cool. And then they, they just yeah. got the same color as the dad here. Or is it the dad? Because maybe the dad doesn't have any fur at all. And it's Wait. an adventurer named Mitch. <laughs> Forgot about I know. Mitch. You two both have wild father theories. Barto's yeah, on yeah, his. Yeah. This, the, the dad is God. I'm getting a little bit more realistic and actually yeah, looking yeah. at the film. And... <laughs> yeah, the son could be Mitch, or the father could be Mitch. I'm just saying, in the original son of Kong, he had white hair. Why we got to retcon it? <laughs> I'm out. Ooh, I'm what out. A great I'm place done. And uh, do y'all have favorite shots? Is that why you asked me that question so you could give it that? No, <laughs> I thought of it while you were answering. I don't know something that well crafted. Uh, seems like you had it ahead of time. <laughs> I did. I think probably uh, my favorite shot was was one of those like when uh, when he's giving his sermon on the mount. He's there's there's a bunch of army guys below, and I I'm looking at it. And I'm thinking this 
is this green screen stuff is like 70% as good as the green screen stuff that they had in Star Wars like 10 years earlier. So like, congrats. <laughs> and that was um, my like favorite shot probably. <laughs> a lot of the other green screen stuff in this was horrible, but uh, that, that stuff where like he was on one side of the ravine and um, the military's on the other side and the, it's pouring down rain, right? Was was it rain or was it that the gas? I think I it was remember. rain. It just started raining out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I, I really thought it was hard. rain. Okay. Um, that stuff looked pretty cool. That was one of my contenders for favorite shots. I, I liked when he was escaping from the facility. I felt like that's the part where the scale felt the best. Oh, yeah. Where I, I like, believed it. When he was leaving the facility, I believed it. Then when all of a sudden him and Lady Kong are on uh, Honeymoon Ridge and there's just fake trees all around him, I did not believe it anymore. But the facility, mm -hmm. they did a great job. I, I would say my other favorite shot was uh, at the Hillbilly family reunion when, when Guy is, like, offering his old family member he's not seen in some time, like a shot of whiskey and the two Kongs are just like in the background. Like I, nice, I believed yeah. that that was cool. That's great. Hell yeah. Yeah. My, my, my favorite shots were size that one. I just mentioned, um, the giant crane moving the heart. Um, yes. The pumping heart. And then, uh, Oh, Kong walking with, um, Kong with three gators, was it yes. in his mouth, and then he, while he's slamming another gator against a rock? <laughs> yeah. Right after they said he can't survive, he needs protein. Yeah, yeah. The, that that silly shit. argument they always give to why there couldn't be a Bigfoot, but uh, <laughs> yeah, nature Perfect. finds a way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, dumb cop of the week. I'll I'll start. There's a soldier who's driving a tank at Kong, and then a different soldier jumps off because they're obviously about to die. This soldier stays on, and Kong throws the tank, and it, like, blows up, but he somehow flies off it and survives, and then he stands up and just starts firing a gun at Kong, and then gets smashed, and that just reminded me so much of the original Dumb Cop of the Week, which is the ones in the, um... Uh, 20,000 Fathoms, who's just firing a gun as it gets closer and closer and gets eaten, so I gotta give it to him. Good call. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, when Kong falls into the river, and he hits his head against the rock, and then the general's like, not even your Kong can survive that. And it's like, this Kong survived falling from a fucking tower. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he can survive hitting his head against a rock. Um, I mean, yeah, it looks really bad, but so did falling <laughs> off a fucking tower. <laughs> I also have to go with Colonel Nevitt for nothing in particular, except that I just, like, hated everything about that performance. I hated that acting i hated every line out of his mouth he just made me like so deeply pissed off whenever he was on screen i was so glad to see him die hell yeah all right practice awards i mean i think we all got the same yeah uh yeah it's gotta be kong oh <laughs> oh i i was thinking hank mitchell for for going all a cab <laughs> and uh freeing the kongs i going alf i was gonna say the guy who um takes his partner on a motorcycle through kong's legs 
<laughs> I had Mitchell at first, and then I was like, Kong killed so many more fucking cops, I gotta give it to him. But that was a really cool move of Mitchell. Very unexpected. Even if it was just to get the lady. Whatever. It was cool. I'm just saying, of all the relationships we saw, that guy was the best partner. Because <laughs> he's like, you're never going to... This is the once in a lifetime experience. Nobody else is ever going to experience this. And baby, I got this for you. <laughs> I think that was incredible. He was the only Hell guy yeah. who acted normal in that whole scene. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's time to rate it, and I just remembered we have a King Kong scale, and I have it pulled up. I'll read it off, if that works for y'all. Mm-hmm. For S, we have Giant Fucking Ape. For A, we have Donkey Kong. For B, we have Dino Suplex. For C, we have Diddy Kong. For D, we have Can't Peel Banana. And for F, we have Incel Ape. What are we giving? <laughs> I mean, this is somewhere between Diddy Kong and Can't Peel Banana. So it's Diddy Kong who's unable to peel a banana, yeah, yeah, you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty much right there with you. I'm going to give it a Diddy Kong just because the Kong movies are rough, man. There's like the best movie of all time, and then there's yeah. a bunch of weird shit. So I just, that skews it higher. It's hard because you have one of the best movies of all time there too. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm doing Diddy Kong. No, I'm doing yeah, I'm doing Diddy Kong, but he can't peel a banana because he's racing too fast. Have you guys, you guys ever watch Veep? I've seen a yeah. couple episodes. One of my favorite little jokes is uh, she can't peel a banana, um, and she's like, "This thing's fucking broken." And she hands it like one of her assistants. Um, uh, so I'm gonna do a Diddy Kong. Who can't peel banana, but he passes it to an assistant Kong who can peel the banana <laughs> and hands it back to him. Fuck yeah. Good rating, good rating. All right, anything else before I close it out? The heartbeat monitor plot that ultimately amounts to nothing could have easily yeah. amounted to something if we had just learned that we didn't need a machine to save his heart. We just needed a lady Kong and love to save his heart. But instead they did nothing and it bothered me so much. That's it. Bless you, Bartow. That is a good ending. That is what we needed. I mean, maybe that's the sign of it being directed by someone who, whose heart was broken over tragedy in their own life. And you need to take that into account. (laughs) Who could only imagine heart, in a preserve, not running wild. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening this far. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you should watch the movie Extro, X-T-R-O, from 1981 to get prepared for our next episode. Do not watch the sequels. They're supposed to be horrible. I've never seen them. Um, Don't watch the sequels. Whatever you do, do not yes. do it. Trust me. Don't do it. Uh you can find us on all the podcast apps where you can give us a rating. That would be awesome. We would appreciate it. A review would be great, too. You can find us on Twitter and Blue Sky at NoGodsPod. You can email us, NoGodsPod at gmail.com. 
And if you want to support the show, you could learn some like first aid, like some street medic stuff or just general first aid so we can take care of each other. And folks, I wrote that in here without even thinking about the fact that there was a whole medical plot. So, you know, it's just serendipity. And if you want to learn first aid with giant instruments, you can do that. Support the show.